What is going on, Rundown Nation? This is the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And we got an awesome week last week, exciting week this week, conference championships coming up. People are grinding at the bit here trying to figure out who's going to go where. We got the second week of the playoff rankings. We're in action finally in this uh, COVID-19 season, Walt. We are. I don't know how much action we're actually going to get. Well, a couple weeks, then we're picking uh, bulls. I don't know if any of these bulls are going to play, but for the time being, all we can worry about is what we know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, big week for myself in the DraftKings League this week. Uh, I won with 231.06 points. Uh, second win of the year for me. Had Will Rogers, the quarterback from Mississippi State, scored me 170 per point. I had Jaden Wally, the wide receiver from Mississippi State, scored me 184 per point. Uh, and the big one here is Desmond Jackson, the running back from Oklahoma State, scored me $71 per point. Uh, he was only 3,300 and got 46.50 points. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, who is typically the running back for Oklahoma State, was out with an injury, and he hadn't played well all year, but he was out then. Right before game time, L.D. Brown, the backup, uh, got put out too. And just knowing how much Oklahoma State runs the ball, 61.7% uh, uh, so far in the year, I was like, I'm going to pick up Desmond Jackson. He's next on the list. Let's try him out. Uh, truth be told, I wasn't the only one because uh, this was only about 10 minutes prior to game time. But he was 30% owned wall in my uh, we did 60 rosters in a $4 tournament with 9,000 people, and by the time the game started, he was 30% owned already, uh, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, people really paying attention to the news and, and switching their rosters quick. Uh, luckily, I did get a couple rosters switched, and including that one in the DraftKings League, and we made some money last week. Um, but it was awesome. He's only 6,200, by the way, this week, guys, if you want to go after him. I'm not sure if Hubbard or Brown are going to be playing this week, but you'll just have to watch the news and take a look. Uh, Story, 1135, finished second, and Cruz, 244, finished third. In our year-long swag contest, I am now leading uh, with 3.4 with that win. Uh, that was a 3.4. Cruz, uh, 244, is in second with 3. 0.45, so I'm barely edging him out. And James 03 and Story 1135 tied for third with 3.75. Going to be another big week this week. It's uh it's a crazy slate because the slate's got a lot of uh a lot of big spreads. So there's gonna be a lot of teams with uh, a lot of points and there's gonna be a lot of value out there, even at the cheap end. So this Saturday will be the main slate 15 game. Make sure to get your lineup in and get ready. Now, on to last week's games. While Notre Dame uh, shows up again, beats North Carolina 31-17. to Good game to watch, Woj. Nothing that I expected to happen didn't happen, if that makes any sense. Everything that did happen, I expected. Notre Dame won the football game. That's what you got to do in college football. You got to win the game. Yeah. Uh, Ian Book, 23 for 33. 279 yards, uh, one TD, you know, doing a good job of managing these games. Obviously, he's not the super flashy quarterback that you see in uh, Trevor Lawrence or somebody else, but, I mean, he gets the job done, and they're doing good, and they're railing behind him. Defense did a good job of shutting down Sam Howell, Javante Williams, and Michael Carter. 
Only 87 rushing yards total for a team that's averaging 233.5 well on the ground per game. I mean, that's that's big time. Uh, that's showing up on your defensive end, and they're going to have to do that in these big games coming up, especially when they more than likely play Clemson again. They play Syracuse this week, and then they have a week off because uh, the ACC wants to take a week off before the championship game to get everybody healthy. Um, but that'll be big. Uh, if their defense can keep playing at that level, that'd be awesome. Still no love from the playoff committee, though, Wall. They're sitting number two. I bet you're grinding at the bit on that one. It's – I don't know, Woj. I don't know how to really describe it. I mean, it's ludicrous, crazy, uh, I, I don't know, outlandish, preposterous. Well, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. How is Notre Dame behind Alabama right now? It makes absolutely no sense. Those people over there in the college football playoff committee, they should be embarrassed. I mean, this is detestable, Woj. It's pitiful. I, I I don't know how many worse words I can think of to describe it, but they all describe it because how are you going to judge? Let's say you have four teams and you know they're the four best teams in the nation. We'll give them that. They're wrong on that, but we'll give them that. How do you decide who's the best? Hey, maybe the team that beat the best of the four, Notre Dame. They beat Clemson. Clemson's ranked number three. Woj, it just makes no sense to me. It's ridiculous. These people should be fired on the spot. You know, you got Iowa's athletic director over there running the show. It's very disappointing to see that out of someone like Iowa's athletic director. They got it wrong, Woj. Yeah, uh, 100% got it wrong, I, especially after this game. They just beat a North Carolina team. That was ranked. Um, I don't know. And North Carolina's now ranked 17th this week, so, I mean, it's not like I don't. I, it just it confuses me. I'm, I don't understand. Uh, I get that Alabama's passing the eye test, and they're doing a good job of it, but Alabama just seems like they're number one because they're Alabama. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't. I don't know. These pissants, they don't know either. They're just throwing darts at boards. They're, this is all politics. That's what it is. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Another game last week, guys. Northwestern, who was undefeated, loses to Michigan State 29-20, which got me going well because I'm like, well, Iowa's got a chance now. And then I heard the news that Northwestern will not be playing their game against Minnesota this week. So the West division now is just inherently theirs because they can't go out and lose the game. Uh, so they will be going to the big 10 championship barring. They don't get canceled again next week against Illinois. Um, we'll see what happens there. Ohio state game canceled last week uh, is big because we don't know what's going on there. Uh, Ryan Day is apparently the only person infected from what we know about. So they're still good to go and play Michigan State this week. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But on the other way, Michigan just canceled their game this week. And guess who Ohio State has next week? Michigan. Uh, Michigan says it was because of COVID issues. So maybe Michigan's just prepping for, hey, we don't want to play Ohio State. We're done for the year. Uh, Ohio State won't get into the Big Ten Championship then, and then who knows from there. Hey, maybe they don't. Maybe they do. If they don't, Ohio State likely play Iowa, and I'm awesome. I'm good with that. I'm good to see my Hawkeyes beat up on uh, the Buckeyes wall. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be sleeping and dreaming when you see that because it's a, that's a good Buckeyes team. You know, if they don't get a chance to be in the Big Ten Championship, the Big Ten Championship really means nothing. They can still be in the playoffs should there be a playoff. They can still be in there without winning the Big Ten Championship. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. Ohio State, obviously the best team in the Big Ten. 
Yeah, well, on to some games this week. We got number five, Texas A&M, who's 6-1 and one at Auburn, who's 5-3, and three, 11 a.m. on ESPN wall. Texas A&M, minus seven in this game, given a touchdown over under a 48. Not a team this year that we've talked about a lot, Woj. I can't remember a time this no. year we actually talked about them, can yeah. you? No, no, but they're sitting with that number five ranking. I'm, I'm not going to say they don't deserve that number five ranking. You know, I'm going to say that Alabama does not deserve a number one ranking. I'm not going to go as far to say the Texas A&M team doesn't deserve that number five ranking. It's the only good win that Alabama has in the season. Not, not to keep going on Alabama, but this Texas A&M team, they're the second best in the SEC. Not as great of an accolade as usual, Woj. When we're saying second best in the SEC, normally that means you're going to the college football playoffs. Eh, maybe. I, I would doubt we see two teams from SEC in the college football playoffs this year. It's possible, though, but Kellen back there throws the ball. Isaiah Spiller runs the ball. That's how they go, Woj. Simple as that for Texas A&M. Spiller's averaging six yards per carry with six touchdowns. Kellen Mond, quiet 1,500 yards passing with 16 touchdowns. Don't hear a lot about him, but that, those are some respectable numbers. He leads the team. I know people like to talk him down, but he's a good quarterback. His team's ranked number five right now. Don't forget about that Texas A&M kicker, too. Seth Small back there. He's been clutch all year. We don't talk about kickers a lot, but they're big. You get in games, close games especially. Those kickers, they mean something. You can't miss a field goal. Seth Small, six for seven on field goals. He made 28 of 29 pats. He had that game-winning field goal against Florida, which, hey, well, just yeah. later on in the year, that could prove big, right? Yeah, it's going to be really big. I mean, just winning that game versus Florida, and I mean, that that's huge. Oh, yeah, that heads-up win is huge. You missed that field goal. Boom, Florida is the one that's ranked number five right now. Texas A&M, you know, they might not even be in the top ten. Probably would be, but they definitely be below Florida. So that kicking game, that's big. They got a good kicker over there in Seth Small. Auburn's defense, you know, it's going to be in question, Moach. Everybody's question, I'm sure you're questioning them. After giving up the 42 to Bama, things aren't going to change, you know. They can't stop A&M. It's going to be lights out for Auburn, man. They are going to be done. They need to figure out a way to stop that AMM offense with their very highly questionable defense. Known as a running team, Auburn is. Mentioned that last week. They switched it up a bit this year, which, again, we did mention that last week. If you guys want to listen to us again about Auburn. But it might be more of a testament to the fact that they can't really run the ball. You know, it's not so much their passing game is great, Woj. They just can't run the ball. This game, it likely won't be the turning point for them either. AM only giving up 87.1 yards a game on the ground. Woo! Those are some of the, <laughs> similar to those numbers you were talking about before, I believe. Yeah. That's yeah, that's exactly right. 87 yards, Woj. That's what you're talking about with Notre Dame giving up last week to North Carolina. That's what Texas AM has given up on average throughout the season. I mean, Auburn's not going to get the run game done this game. Bo Nix is going to have to carry that offense. He's going to need time to set up in the pocket. He's also going to need time for the receivers to run their routes downfield because those linebackers, they're going to be up. Those cornerbacks are going to be up. They're going to be bump and run coverage. They need that time for the receivers to get off that bump, get downfield. You know, that lands squarely on the offensive line to perform. So we'll see how Auburn's offensive line does. All right, let's go right into it, Wall, and talk about Bo Nix again. He's at 6,900 as far as quarterbacks go this week. That's kind of dirt cheap. Uh, he hasn't really produced the fantasy numbers we've been looking for this year. They they haven't got the run game going. They The teams know what they're going to be doing. Uh, he hasn't been as accurate uh, as people expected him to be. Now, A&M has held opposing quarterbacks to, you know, you talk about the run defense, but they've held opposing quarterbacks to 17.2 points uh, per game. And that's even after having played against Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. 
so that's a good number. Uh, obviously, I think Mac Jones scored 35 in their game against A&M, and I'm pretty sure Kyle Trask scored 30 or 31. Um, so you add all those other games, and they're not really allowing the quarterbacks to do much. Um, even at that low price tag, even in a cash game, I, I probably wouldn't take them just because of how good A&M has been and, and really how lackluster the Alabama offense has been. Um, there are some plays on the Auburn side, though, and we're going to look at a couple receivers here. we got Eli Stove and Seth Williams. Now, Seth Williams is essentially not their number one wide receiver, kind of the, the streaky big play guy. He's 5,500 this week. Uh, gets a lot of targets but doesn't get a lot of grabs, just kind of that big play guide. If you think Auburn is going to score more than 20 points in this game, which I don't think they are, but if you think they're going to score more than 20 points in this game, take him in a tournament play because he's going to be one of the reasons why they score more than 20 points. Uh, he's just their big-time wide receiver streaking downfield. Now the other guy, Eli Stoke, he's only 4,500. Uh, he's averaging 5.8 targets per game and hauling in 5.1 per game. That's consistency. So this is a cash game, 100% right here. Only two TDs in the season, but really a steady cheap option at a low price to try to get some value, uh, especially out of this Auburn offense. Uh, he is a good solid pick. The other one would be Anthony Schwartz, but I'm not going to go into too much about that. He's priced uh, a little bit higher than Seth Williams. Gets about the, a few less grabs or targets, but gets more grabs. It's kind of like Eli Stove, but just at Eli Stove and his price point, I just like him a lot better. Now we're going to talk about Kelly Mond, the quarterback from Texas A&M. 7,700, Wall. He had, did you watch that game versus LSU last week? Versus LSU? No, Woj. I didn't watch that. I didn't have any money on it, so I wasn't watching that one. Yeah. The LSU has been has a terrible offense or defense, excuse me. No, not a very good offense either, but that's another story <laughs> for a different game. But LSU's defense is absolutely terrible. We've taken quarterbacks, wide receivers, everything that we can throw into fantasy against that LSU defense just because we know they're going to score. Well, not if you're Texas A&M because Kelly Mond had a terrible game versus them last week. He only scored 6.9 points, completing just 32.4% of his passes. That is a bad day. I'm going to chalk it up to headache, migraine, something. Or maybe he felt dizzy, a little vertigo. I don't know what it was, but that was not Kelly Mond. Uh, he has the potential to go big and score 30-plus points like he has this season, but if he gets bullied, he'll just score 10 points. But, I mean, against this Auburn defense, he should score more points. But, again, last week versus an LSU defense, he should have scored more points. Uh, we'll see what he is this week. I can't see the future, so I don't know. Uh, it is a large price tag for a question mark in a cash game. Uh, in a tournament, obviously, if you're going to do a multi-entry tournament, you probably have him in a couple lineups just to kind of see what he does. Uh, but the big play here for Texas A&M, and you already talked about him, Isaiah Spiller, Wall. 7600 You know, take that money you're going to spend on Mond and put it into Spiller and save $100. Because this guy is 51% of the rushing shares on the year. 73% versus LSU last week, and probably for good reason, considering Munn couldn't actually hit the broad side of a barn. But, I mean, that's a lot of carries. He is their one running back. Uh, he hasn't failed to get more than 100 yards in other than two games this season, uh, which that gets you extra three points in DraftKings. Uh, and he's getting a few more targets each game. The last two games he's had four targets each. Obviously not very big, a large amount of targets, but, you know, he's getting the job done on the ground, and that's the important part. Uh, versus a team that gives up 27.8 points per game to running backs. I like Spiller this week a lot. 
even at 7,600. Uh, he's not the most expensive running back. He's in a good price point. Now another guy, another running back for Texas A&M Wall, Aeneas Smith at 5,500. I may have a roster with both Texas A&M's running backs in a tournament play this weekend, and this is why. He's not really a running back. He is their, actually their best receiver. He's getting 24% of the target share, and he's only behind uh, Windermere, their tight end, as far as receptions. Uh, not very far behind. Uh, he does run the ball a little bit, but I wouldn't bank on him getting more than four carries unless Spiller gets hurt. Uh, just another good wide receiver option at 5K that we can plug into that running back slot for a tournament play, or maybe even a cash game. But, you know, typically running backs get a little bit more consistent points, and it's not bad to put them in your flex and have two normal running backs. But uh, really good option as far as 5,500 cheap, and he's a wide receiver. He's going to get receptions. I mean, he's getting 24% of the target share on the year, which is uh, which is awesome. Well, let's move on to the... Uh, the behemoth here of the weekend, the game against Liberty, 9-1 at number 18, Coastal Carolina, 9-0, 1 p.m. in ESPNU. <laughs> Coastal Carolina, minus 10 over under 54 and a half. A few weeks back, Woj, I'm not sure if you remember I mentioned this, but I said this is going to be a big game. Hey, Woj, the proof is in the pudding. Game day's here, baby. They're going to watch the clears. Oh, man, it's going to be awful viewing. I don't know if you've ever seen their field, but... It is really tough to watch a game, but it's going to be a great game to watch if you can actually see it. You get past you know, they're those letting, jerseys. They're letting 20, 20 plus thousand fans into that stadium, so it's actually going to feel like a game day wall. Well, yeah, and I'm sure that's their full stadium because it's Coastal <laughs> Carolina. But anyway, but, well, we got to talk about the game. I mean, these are two good football teams. You know, Liberty. That one loss comes to NC State. They lost 15 to 14 to NC State. Went to kick that game-winning field goal with no time left. It was blocked. They lost the game. They could have won it. Didn't happen. Again, field goal kicking is big. Get that kick higher, son. Couldn't do it. Now Liberty sit with that one loss. I mean, NC State, too, Woj. I mentioned the score was 15 to 14. NC State is fourth in the ACC with a 6-3 and three overall record. They're 4-1 and one at home. That's the ACC this year, Woj. It's not as weak as it has been. They got Notre Dame over there, the number two ranked team in the nation. Playoff committee got that one wrong, but I don't, want, I don't want to get back into that. Well, the ACC is a good conference. You know, they got two of the top four teams in the nation. Two of the top four teams in the nation, and this team is ranked fourth in that conference. Why am I haunting on NC State? Well, because that's the team they lost to one. That's their only loss. So this is a good Liberty football team. Coastal Carolina is still rocking that goose egg in this game. You know, signature wins against Kansas, Louisiana, App State. They tend to beat their competition by a little more than Liberty. Coastal Carolina team, top 15 in defense and offense. If you look at points per game, Liberty makes a top 10, 15, I'm sorry, top 15 claim on offense and defense if you go by yardage instead. So these are two good teams. Going to be a good game. We got to put it in perspective a little bit, though. Coastal Carolina's had a little bit of an easier path. So they do beat up on their competition a little more than Liberty, but they've had a little easier path. They haven't had that NC State game. Closest thing I guess you could probably say was Louisiana. That's probably not comparable to NC State. Well, I know we got some Chanticleer fans here. My apologies to them, but hey, I like Liberty in this one. It's a very close game, evenly matched. You're going to get a whole 10 points out of it? Give me Liberty. Give me the points, baby. Well, I liked that pick up until I found out that 
Malik Willis, the quarterback for Liberty, tested positive for COVID earlier today. So I teased it a little bit I I because I, I didn't like the 10. I still kind of liked uh, Coastal getting a little bit more. I already bet it. Uh, I teased Coastal down to 8.5, uh, and I bet Coastal just because of that. Uh, the line, I think, is moving already uh, with that news. But Malik Willis, if you guys don't know, he's 9,800 on uh, DraftKings this week. He is the second highest priced player out of the slate behind Justin Fields, who's 10K. Malik Willis is solid. Uh, he is the workhorse of the team, averaging 34 po- uh, fantasy points per game through nine nine games. Nine games, 34 fantasy points per game. Next closest person on the team is the running back, Joshua Mark who's 6,100 with only 11.9 fantasy points per game. That's the next closest person on the team. You go from 34 fantasy points per game to 11.9. It just shows you what he means to the team and what he's producing. Now, they do have another running back, which had similar numbers, and the last time um, Willis got hurt, Chris Ferguson went in, who's 7,600 this week already. They they bumped that price up quick. Uh, They relied a lot more on the running game when he was in there. Malik Willis is more of a dual threat kind of guy and Ferguson isn't. So they relied a lot more on the running game. So uh, the running backs might be worth some. If there is any, there are three of them that get at the ball, but Peyton Pickett would be your best option at 5k. Uh, Coastal does have a stingy D. They only give 21.5 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs and only 1.1 TD uh, on the ground per game. But uh, at that price point at about 5k, Pickett has done a decent job of, you know, getting some points per game, but it's still be a skeptical pick on my end. I'm probably not going to take them, but on the coastal side, you have CJ Maribel, the running back from coastal Carolina at 7,800. He's kind of their workhorse. Uh, they have other guys, but Maribel's extremely solid and steady. Uh, he's coming off a big game versus Texas state when he pulled in 37.7 fantasy points. Uh, first game, the, First game of the season, over 100 yards, believe it or not. Uh, He's still pulling in some crazy points. Uh, He gets value in the passing game. Uh, He's had six straight weeks with a receiving TD up until last week. Uh, He's getting 30% of the rushing share uh, the last four weeks, and it's been uh, a little lower than usual. Um, So keep an eye on that. He, however, does get that 15% target share in in, in the air, so on the year. both numbers don't seem terrible when you put them on paper, but with this price tag and just kind of what he's doing, and we know Liberty's a decent defense, I, I would just kind of stay away from that. Uh, they're, they're giving wide receivers and tight ends just 31.5 points per game. Uh, I would just kind of stay away from anybody else on, on Coastal Carolina and pretty much Liberty for that matter. Uh, it's just there's not one person that kind of stands out, and they're all really overpriced at this point. So... No real value, in my opinion, in this game for cash or tournament play. So let's move on. You got Georgia Tech, who's 3-5 and five at NC State, 7-3, 2 p.m. on the ACC Network. I'm a big fan of this game, Wall. I bet you are. I bet you this is a DraftKings game for you right here. ACC Network, I'm not going to get to watch it. I don't know about you, Woj, but NC State on the line, minus 7.5. Over under, man, they got some disparity in that one, 59.5 all the way up to 61.5. 62 on some books, so make sure you get the right book if you're taking the totals in this one. Cats out of the bag, though. No secret. My thoughts in this one kind of already talked about NC State. Pocket callers in this game for NC State, you got Hockman, Georgia Tech, you got Sims. 
Sims, 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions on that golden ratio, one to one. That's not good for a golden ratio. Hockman, you know, not much better in his own right. 12 touchdowns to eight interceptions, a little bit better. Not that even number or worse, but still not good. Not what you want to see out of quarterbacks. Hockman is a junior, though. He's getting a little better as the season goes on. Sims is a freshman. We've talked about him before, Woj. We talked about him before. Yeah. He's really, he's not progressing through the season. You know, he, you'd expect, especially a freshman, to get from day one till now to get better and better. He's really not doing that. I will say he's had a rough go of it, though. When you have to face Notre Dame and Clemson recently, that's not easy for a freshman quarterback, is it, Woj? Not at all. <laughs> and he didn't do no. well either. <laughs> no, he, he did not do well. So that's, that's a little bit why he has a little bit of the reason why he hasn't done so well recently. Anybody that's got to face Notre Dame and Clemson, number two ranked Notre Dame Woj, don't get it wrong. You know, in your head, I'm sure you're thinking number one because they should be number one. These guys at college football playoff committee are ridiculous. But anyways, it's a tough job to have to face those two, especially as a freshman quarterback. You know, make your pick based on the quarterback. Seems to be a clear-cut favorite. In my opinion, Hockman, take him. You know, he's – just a little bit better on the passing the ball back there. A little bit better at making decisions, really, is what it comes down to. Biggest point of emphasis, though, I believe in this one will be the Georgia Tech defense. I bet you this is why Woj likes this game. They're giving up 460 yards a game and nearly 40 points. Nearly 40 points and 460 yards a game, Woj. This puts them near the bottom in the entire NCAA. Entire NCAA. We're not talking about just the Power Five. This is the entire NCAA. The rush defense, though, they're a little bit better, just about average, giving up 153 yards per game. NC State is a team that will run the ball, you know, the ball on the ground 54% of the time. Zonovan Knight, Ricky Peterson Jr., they split carries, combining for 1,274 yards and 11 touchdowns. Georgia Tech coming off that big win against Duke. I think they're getting some love on this line because of that. I like NC State giving the points without a hook. I don't like that hook at all. Get it without a hook. I like it in my mind. My system, though, it has them as only a one-point favorite, though. I'm going to have to avoid this one. Well, which as much as I want to take it, I'm going to have to avoid it. One-point favorite. Wow. That's what um, the system has it as, so it's a no-go. Yeah. I, I do love this game, and you kind of hit on the mark why. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be a good game for Hockman, I feel like. And let's just talk about him first. He's the quarterback for NC State, 7,600. So it's kind of the bargain bin of uh, – quarterbacks here we already talked about um, Mond already being 7700 so he's cheaper and he's just in a better kind of game here uh, he's been strong all season hasn't been produced crazy big numbers but it's been really consistent and he's been progressively getting better uh, in two games with uh, a receiver we'll talk about in a second he's scored 28.6 points and 29.7 uh, NC State's expected to score 33.50 points uh, versus a team with a slate high points allowed and passing TDs allowed. Uh, again, slate high out of the 15 games, uh, points allowed and passing TDs allowed. Hockey, I mean, he's a solid option in both cash game for sure in a cash game and definitely in some tournament lineups. And the reason you're going to have in some tournament lineups is because of this wide receiver. Everybody get ready. Remember this name, Thayer Thomas, wide receiver, NC State, 5,900. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I was reading an article talking about how Thomas was disappointed because he was this, you know, highly sought-after guy that thought he was going to do produce a lot more, and he wasn't producing. He wasn't getting a lot of targets. I think he was averaging like two and a half targets a game. 
up until three weeks ago. And the, apparently the quarter, him and Hockman talked, and they were like, all right, we're going to change the game plan. We're going to get you the ball more. Well, that next game, that next game, he hauled in 11. He had thrown 12 targets, hauled in 11 for 39.5 points. Uh, sat out the next week, came back for Syracuse last week. So, uh, you know what? I said, uh, fine, I'll play him. I'll see if they do it again. And guess what they did? 10 targets hauling in nine for 40.2 points. I had them in some of my tour- tournament lineups. Unfortunately, none of those cashed. Um, he is way too cheap versus the Georgia Tech secondary that isn't very good, giving up 274.5 and 2.6 passing uh, touchdowns and yards a game. Uh, I just can't see why he wouldn't be the largest uh, play of the week. And there you have it. I mean, Thayer Thomas is my player of the week. Uh, he is going to be a solid pick. Uh, together in that stack, you're at 13,500. You can easily grab 70 points in that stack for 192 a point. And I think it can go even higher. Uh, but 70 points at 192 per point, I'm going to have that in some tournament lineups for sure. He is going to be pretty much my my solid guy right around 6K that's going to be in all my tournament lineups if I need that price point. So. Uh, Thayer Thomas, keep an eye out for him. On the other side, let's talk about Sims and Gibbs. We've Kyle mentioned Sims and how he's had a rough go of it. Uh, Clemson, he scored 1.9 points, and Notre Dame, he scored 5.2. Uh, I think in the Clemson game, he rushed for like 13 times for like negative 23 yards, so the line obviously couldn't hold it together against that, uh, that pass rush from Clemson. But he is a dual-threat QB, and he's priced a little low this week at 7,300 for a dual-threat QB. NC State has given up 24.3 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, fourth worst than the slate, by the way. Uh, he's coming off uh, the best game of the season yet versus Duke with 30.6 points. So uh, maybe he's going to make a turnaround here, playing someone that might not be as as powerful, obviously, as the Notre Dame and Clemsons of the world. So he, he might be able to get some points there and get some value. Uh, I really do like his running back, though. Jameer Gray Gibbs at 8,100. So he's pricey. This is where the trade-off is because you're going to have a lot of pricey here. But Gibbs has 18% of the target share, highest in the team, by the way, and 31% of the rushing share for the year, which is also the highest in the team. So you're getting essentially the number one wide receiver and quarterback, or number one I mean, number one wide receiver and number one running back uh, for 8,100. Pricey, but dual threat for a running back. You're going to get him in the pass game. You're going to get him in the run game. Uh, he did get hurt uh, in the Duke game last week, though, with his legs, so that keep an eye on that. Keep a note at the injury reports and news, uh, kind of like what I did with Desmond Jackson last week because Chubba Hubbard was out and L.D. Brown. Um, I did have Hubbard in a couple lineups, and so I just when I was swapping, I'm like, I'm going to check out this Desmond Jackson guy and then boost up somebody else on my team because I'm going to have a lot of extra money left over. So keep an eye on the news reports for that one and see how it goes. Uh, while you won... Uh, last week in the Wojan Wall Pick'em. You had Hawaii plus 7.5. I'm pretty sure they won outright, if I'm not mistaken. I had Maryland at plus 11, and that was a shit show of a game, if I have ever seen a shit show of a game. Uh, Indiana, none, nobody scored points in that game, it felt like, as far as fantasy goes. And uh, Penix from Indiana now will be out for the season, which is unfortunate for Indiana. Um but that brings you to five and seven on the year. I'm four, seven, and one. Wall, who is your Wojan Wall pick'em for this week? 
Well, for this week, I'm going to have to go with Arkansas. They're plus three. They're playing at Missouri. The reason I'm taking them is because Arkansas should be the favorite in this game. The only reason they're not is because they're playing at Missouri. Two and a half, three points they're giving Missouri probably, which still I think you have value in that. But I don't think the home field for Missouri is going to be that great of a deal. I don't think it's going to help them that much. So give me the better team getting points, Arkansas plus three. I was thinking about my pick, and I was thinking about Coastal, uh, especially with Malik Willis hurt, and it just scared me. Uh, that's why I teased it in the first place. The, the spread's probably gone up now uh, to a bigger number, so I, I wasn't going to take that one. But we do have Sunday football again, college football wall. We've got Washington State, who's 1-1 one one at number 20 USC, who's 3-0 and oh at 6.30 p.m. on FS1 on Sunday. Uh, and I like Washington State getting 13 points versus USC. Washington State is still the same old Washington State. They're going to have Max Borgie back this week for the first time this season. So they're, uh, they're solid running back who can catch balls out of the backfield. I like Washington State this late week, especially uh, getting 13. So that's going to be my Wojan Wall pick em. Well, I bet you that the real Jay-Z agrees with you on that one. I know he's big on this game. Yeah, I bet. Our official Pac-12 uh, Pac-12 specialist. Now, on to the Twitch stream. Uh, we will have it again this week. Uh, my Twitch channel, 4th and Goal. Uh, I'll be filling out some lineups, bring a beer. It's been fun the last couple of weeks. We've had a lot of people in there talking it up and having having a good time. 6 p.m. Friday, we'll we'll stick around probably for an hour and just do some, uh, do some cash games. And this week should be an interesting one because there is a lot of Big spreads, uh, high expected points. I think there's four team or four or five teams with with uh, expected over 40 points. So uh, it should be interesting and uh, it'll be fun. Uh, so stop by if you want to uh, talk about that. Whoa, I, I've been really enjoying those. I know a lot of the fans have been getting on there. It's not all about DraftKings either. You guys are going back and forth on other things in regards to college football. Obviously, it's mainly focused on DraftKings. It's really been making a great Friday for me, Woj. I love my Fridays, but you know what I hate, Woj? I hate my Tuesdays because I got to watch the college football playoff committee go on <laughs> ESPN and make the worst decisions that you can see people make. So I love my Fridays, Woj. I hate my Tuesdays now. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>